The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Practical Spirituality Positive Messages This is Unity Online Radio The Voice of an Awakening World Discover a positive path for spiritual living. Welcome to Voices of Unity with Rev. Ellen Debenport. Welcome to Voices of Unity. I am Ellen Debenport. This is a show that invites different new thought leaders to share their wisdom and expertise. It's to help you dive deep into spiritual topics so you can discover new ideas and practices that will enhance your life. I am the host and kind of an MC for this show, and the unusual thing about it is that our guests come and stay. They, um, they come for weeks at a time to present a body of work to you, whatever their special area of interest is. We started two weeks ago. This is our third week with Reverend Ken Daigle, who is back. He's from Unity in San Francisco. We're ta- spending these weeks talking about science and spirituality. So hello again, Ken. It's wonderful to be with you today, Ellen. Thanks. We spent the last couple of weeks talking about neuroplasticity, which is the brain's ability to change. It was not nearly as nerdy as I thought it might be. Um, because <laughs> Ken, Ken is relating it to daily life and also to spiritual practice. So we talked a lot about meditation and what's happening in the brain. If you didn't hear those shows, you can go back and listen to them. Today we plan to talk about the mind-body connection, which is kind of where unity started. You know, the Fillmore's latched onto this idea that the mind had power over the body, and they both healed themselves of things that seemed to be intractable. And then they started studying the spiritual principles around that. So we talk about this in unity a lot. If you want to join the conversation today, You can call in if you're listening live on August 28th. The number is 816-251-3555. So, Ken, we thought we had today's show planned, and then (laughs) something happened. You told us in the very first show that you and your husband were waiting for the birth of a son that you were going to adopt, and now he's here. He is here. I am delighted to announce on air to all of the Unity Online Radio listeners that our son, Joshua Connor Daigle, was born on August 23rd at 4.05 p.m. And he came three weeks early into this world and surprised us all. We made a mad dash to the airport and an overnight flight from San Francisco to Nashville to be here in time for his birth, and we got to witness it. And it has also been an incredible journey of miracles, challenges, peace, joy, all the things that normally accompany a birth, a new life coming into the world. And Joshua feels very heightened. He, um, he was born with some complications. So we found out in the hospital room from the, uh, the technicians before he was born that he uh, had some challenges in his airway. And he was born with a cleft palate and uh, uh, lip and palate. And um, 
and some obstructions in his airway. So the NICU unit whisked him right away, right after his birth. Both JD, my husband, and I got to be in the delivery room with when he was born. And then there was an incredible team of technicians and doctors and staff who took care of him. And he's been intubated and he's having some lung issues. So he spent his first five days here on the planet uh, assisted in his breathing and his living and his care by an incredible team at here at the Vanderbilt Children's Hospital in Nashville, Tennessee. And we have been praying. There have been prayer soldiers all over uh, the country, all taking care of, you no know, holding Joshua in their hearts. So we've been holding the truth that this is right and perfect and the divine order in action. That there is nothing for us to do or fix or worry about or stress over, but everything to be grateful for, to be living into. You know, in every step of the way, everything we need has been provided. Everything. This weekend, um, my sister called. Uh, she texted on Friday morning. And uh, she said, hey, I can drive up tomorrow from Atlanta and be there in four hours and help take care of Roma. So my our three-year-old and our 19-year-old also here, they were here to meet their brother. And it's been wonderful. And it was like, yay. And then my brother called and he said, I have an extra car. Do you want a car? So he's driven up and he brought me a car. And friends of my husband teach here at Vanderbilt University and they have a, a one-bedroom suite in the basement of their home that they've given us. And because Joshua's recovery and Joshua's time in the hospital and his wholeness here in Nashville is going to be measured in weeks, not days. So we are recamping and figuring out our life from a different perspective. How will we be here in Nashville for him and be at home in San Francisco for our work and our other children uh, all at the same time, and every step along the way, God is there. The divine is unfolding, and I just have to step myself out of the way some days. <laughs> okay, so I'm not even <laughs> sure what to say about Joshua. Do I say I'm sorry or congratulations like I would for any baby? Or, um, I mean, I know a cleft palate can be fixed. The, the prognosis for him is basically good. Yeah, yeah, the prognosis is basically good. He's he is born um, uh, because he was ready to come for some reason, ready to be here. Mm -hmm. And I like to think of the uh, the advances in medical technology, especially for preemies. There's on the floor that we are at with Joshua. There are 93 kids, uh, uh, babies in NICU. 93. <sighs> On the floor we're on, in the one hospital I am. So when I look at it in that totality, right, and some of those babies are there for days and some of them are there for a year. Thank oh. you. And it is all the extension of God right here on earth, God into the human, because those babies uh, in years past would not have had much chance for survival or a life like we, we know it today. Right. But today, the technology is infusing 
great things into life. And so Joshua's life is going to be absolutely wonderful. I have no doubt about it. And that's not the issue at the moment. It's actually his breathing mm-hmm. is uh, able to process oxygen, get rid of carbon dioxide, uh, keep his blood oxygen levels up, all those things. When we get that settled, we'll move on to the other issues. Mm-hmm. And all of it is good. So I constantly am using my, my prayer, my meditation, and everything we've been talking about, Ellen, about you know making new neural pathways in my brain, about using the right and left hemispheres of my brain to reframe my thinking around Joshua. So my answer to you would be, it's both. It's all good because there is part of me that is, all, yes, worried. I found myself at his birth crying with joy and fear simultaneously. Mm. There was no difference. It was beautiful and it was terrifying. And and I couldn't have told you what is which. So I take both of them as, yeah, boy, I wouldn't wish this on anyone Mm -hmm. to have to go through. And wow, how amazing. How fantastic. Ken and I um, talked a little bit about whether to talk about this on the air and how much to, but it seems to be exactly what we were going to talk about anyway, that mind-body connection. And one of the things that always comes up in unity when we're teaching about your mind has power over your body and your thoughts make a difference in your health and someone always raises their hand and says, what about children born with birth defects? You know, they didn't have a chance to think about it. They can't heal themselves with their thoughts, or at least that's the belief. Yeah. And and here we are. And yeah. so it seemed like actually a wonderful opportunity to talk about how we practice principles in the toughest and most confusing parts of our lives where – it's really tempting to believe in victims. Yeah. Uh, and it's very hard to believe that we create anything or we choose anything or our thoughts have any power. So I wanted to hear some more about how Ken is going to <laughs> practice those principles in this situation. Uh, and and you're already hearing how he's shifting his thinking. And we've talked for two weeks about the ability to shift our thinking and create new neural pathways. So where do you go from here? This sounds like a day at a time sort of situation. Yeah, a moment at a time, really. But um, when we were talking about, today we were going to talk about Amy Cuddy and her research in power poses. And um, we've always known from our first teachers, and now we know through a lot of science that your thoughts do affect your body. You know, even people who aren't new thought practitioners know the truth that there's scientific evidence of the placebo effect, you know, that um, I had my doctor once years ago, I was uh, describing to him my practices at Unity. And I I said to him, I know you don't, you're not a a believer. And he said, oh, no, no, Ken, let me be really clear. I know that my patients who think they're going to get better do. Wow. They do. Yeah. Right, right. You know, um, agnostic or atheist doctor who's just his experience of that mind connection was mm-hmm. that 
And we all know that. But what Amy Cuddy's research has shown, which is really fascinating, is that the body also speaks to the mind. And that as we hold our bodies in certain positions, it changes the actual chemical composition of our brain, the levels of testosterone and cortisol. And cortisol, of course, is the stress hormone. So I'm actually spending a lot of time very conscious about how I sit, how I stand, making myself as expansive and as powerful as possible, because I know it actually helps lower my cortisol levels, mm -hmm. which is... Uh, you know, because I'm in a little bit of stress this week, Ellen. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So I know that's going on in my life. So I'm sitting here as you, uh, Ellen, can see me for our radio listeners, but uh, even though we're in different cities, uh, I'm sitting here in a very expansive position because holding an expansive position in, for just two minutes can drastically release, uh, reduce your stress levels by. Uh, lowering your cortisol and raising your testosterone. Mm -hmm. And your testosterone gives you the ability to take action in the world where and when you need to take it. Somehow with the lower cortisol, the lower stress, you also take wiser action. So, ah, And cortisol is also the hormone that ages you. Yes. That's why stress we, makes you look older. Yeah, I, I don't need any more of that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so if you all haven't, um, if you aren't familiar with Amy Cuddy's work, it's C-U-D-D-Y. She would be worth Googling just to look at the pictures of power poses and then the, the body language that's very contracted. You know, we know what that looks like. The crossed legs, crossed arms, hunched over like you're protecting yourself. Mm -hmm. And that actually changes the hormones in your body. Testosterone works for men or women. So when you're in a power pose, like the Wonder Woman pose with the hands on the hips and the shoulders back is a good one. Or the, I would call it the executive pose, like hands behind your head, leaning back in your chair, like you're in charge of the whole room. It really makes a difference. Just hold the pose and, and breathe for a couple of minutes. And in Amy's work, uh, she has proven that it not only does it make a difference in your brain chemistry, it's been shown to make a real difference in the real world. It affects how other people see you, respond mm -hmm. to you, interact with you. And that's where the rubber hits the road. So uh, it's not about dominating people, but it's been about seeing and being seen and appreciated in your full divine self. Mm -hmm. Your full stature, not hiding or shrinking, right? So one of the amazing things, I was able to be at a TED conference a couple of years ago where Amy did a follow-up, and uh, she showed a whole series of videos from people who had been practicing power poses in all areas of their life. And there was a one woman in the uh, a tight shot talking about how she uses power poses. And as the camera pulls out, you see that she's sitting in a wheelchair and that she's a paraplegic. Oh. And she said, so obviously I can't do power poses, but I imagine doing them in my head. And Amy was so fascinated by with this that she went back into the lab and ran a whole new test. And she found out that imagining holding yourself in the power pose had as much effect on your brain chemistry as actually doing it. Interesting. So, so if you're in <laughs> so, a place where you can't get away with 
being Wonder Woman. (laughs) You can just picture yourself that way. That's great to know. Isn't it? And it's so full circle that the brain affects the body and the body affects the brain. It's like, oh, full circle. So often, even sitting, you know, uh, in a tight space, I can imagine myself flying. I like to imagine myself flying at full wingspan, I call it, soaring. Yeah, right? yeah mm-hmm. the wings coming out of my back and I am just taking flight. <laughs> and uh, and that's what I'm holding and, and imagining for Joshua too. Right now he's sedated in his journey of healing so that he can uh, not be fighting the ventilator. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I watch his movements and his eyes and I talk to him and I sing to him and I let him know how beautiful and powerful he is oh. and how magnificent his life is going to be, that we're all here for him. And, and you and I know he is not just a baby. He's a soul that right. is not tiny and not new yeah. and has a path and a purpose of its own. Yeah. And he's here to teach me. And he chose you. I, yes. I believe he chose you and JD as his parents to teach you, yeah, and to learn from you. Yeah. 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 Can you hold him? Can you touch him? We can't hold him. Oh. That is heartbreaking. That is just heartbreaking. But we do get to touch him. I can kiss his forehead and I stroke his hair and hold his hand. Uh, but because of, uh, the various, you know, being fed intravenously, his breathing tubes and all the other monitors on him, uh, it's not practical or possible to pick him up quite yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would think if you are sitting there singing to him and telling him he's magnificent and he's free and picturing him with the great wings expanding, it's it's bound to affect his healing. Just yeah. Just to be bathed in that energy, don't you think? Yeah, I would hope. I mean, I know that what we know from heart math also, we didn't we don't have it on our schedule, but I was thinking about it this week too. Mm-hmm. In heart math that we are all affected by our, the electromagnetic fields of our hearts that our hearts send out an electromagnetic field that affects other people in the room. And I always just like to talk about it like this with my uh, with my people in my classes and my congregants. It is like when you walk into a room and you feel like, oh, there was just a fight in here. Mm-hmm. That's your heart energy you're walking into, right? Something just happened here. Right. Or when you walk into a room and, well, wow, this feels like home. It feels like so loved here. Mm-hmm. That's the heart energy you're feeling. You're actually feeling the electromagnetic field of the people in the room. And... Uh, so I am very conscious, and JD is very are very conscious of how we are in just uh, Joshua's room with him, uh, where our heart is in rhythm. And again, that goes back to what we were talking about last week with the mind connection and brain plasticity. When you're imagining things, when you're concentrating and meditating on things that bring your heart into coherence happy thoughts or positive images. It has an effect on the energy around you and the others in the room. So not only the words I'm saying and the songs I'm singing to him, but literally the vibrations of my heart Mm -hmm. are touching his. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Your auric fields are meshed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I am not bringing him any stress. (laughs) You know, right. (laughs) That's my, that's my job. 
is to is to bring him whole whole love. You know, our friend Paulette Pipe, who had this time slot on Unity Radio until a few weeks ago, told me that when she bought her house here, she walked into the place that was for sale and said, oh, these people prayed. And as she toured the house, she got to a particular bedroom upstairs and said, they prayed in here. And she, of course, is so attuned to prayer anyway. Her show was touching the stillness, and it's worth going back to listen to if you haven't. Uh, but, But that's the kind of vibration that gets left behind. And when it's, you know, Charles and Myrtle Fillmore said, the walls of your house pick up your thoughts, which is a little scary. Uh, but that's why people smudge certain places. They want to go in and clear out whatever energy is there and start fresh. So so we know that we carry energy with us and we sort of spew energy uh, into the area around us and onto other people around us, which is why in Unity we emphasize so much positive thinking and affirmations and visualizing life the way you want it and not staying in that contracted, worried position. Yeah. Yeah. And we, I've applied it a lot in my teachings to prayer because a lot of times, because uh, Charles and Myrtle, our co-founders, came out of a very Methodist-based prayer uh, ritual, a lot of times a lot of Unity people pray uh, in a closed, small position. Whereas in a lot of evangelical churches, you can pray with your arms up. But I always like to envision it like we always sing at the closing of our church services with our holding hands and our arms up. That's a power pose. That's an expansive position. And uh, a lot of evangelicals will testify with their arms up like that. They're also in a power pose. This, <laughs> just this week, uh, we were praying with Joshua, uh, and he put both arms up. He raised them. Oh. oh, yes. I was like, oh, my God, he's he's testifying, or he's in a power <laughs> pose. And there was the chaplain there with us, and they, we were all looking at each other. And it was just this beautiful moment. I put a picture of it up on my Facebook page for my friends who want to see it. Wow. And uh, it just was really amazing, uh, that stretching. That yeah. lifting, you know, changes us. Well, um, we have a caller who has a question about power poses. Let's see. This is Andrea. Are you there? Hi, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yes, perfect. Oh, hi. It's more like a comment on my experience using power pose. Okay. I had heard about power pose in the abundance class with Reverend Ken, and then I applied uh, for the job I have now. And I remember he said that you don't have to physically do it. You can just do it in your mind. And the first time when I had a phone interview, I was at home. So I did a Superman power pose for the job. And it just changed how I felt in terms that I felt more confident and open and even more playful because I felt silly doing the power pose. (laughs) So I was like more playful. So I think I was already smiling on the interview. And then when I went for the in-person interview, it was like a panel. So I didn't want to do a Superman power pose before I went in. So I did it in my mind. And it does change my, it did change for me, my awareness, how I felt as I entered the interview room, because I did feel more confident, like I was a superhero in a way. 
And the interview just flowed so beautifully, and I got the job. It's the job that I have today. Uh, I wouldn't say it's the job that I love the most, but that's on me <laughs> picking that job. But it's the most high-paying job that I ever got, and in that way has been a blessing. So I've also tried with my kids getting them into doing the power pose. So that would be a question. How do you get uh, millennium kids to get into the power pose? <laughs> I haven't been able to, uh, well, I've explained and I do in my mind for them, but I haven't been able to get them into the flow of it. <laughs> Have you shown them the video of Amy's work? Because Amy, for those of you who haven't seen Amy, uh, Cuddy's TED Talk is really powerful because she also uh, uses, she credits it to Brene Brown. She said that, um, you know, I was scared to do this. I was scared to tell uh, her story because, but Brene inspired her to be vulnerable. So Amy's story is that she was a very, very smart kid. But as a teenager, she was in a car accident where she was thrown and had a severe traumatic brain injury and actually lost 20 points of her IQ. When she came out of the coma, she was told by the doctors that what had happened and that college wasn't going to be an option anymore, that she needed to rethink her life. There were other things she could do, but that her brain was that severely affected. And she wouldn't take that as an answer. She kept going and going. She took eight years to graduate her undergrad and then went to Princeton for her master's, right? And she wouldn't give, she has a doctorate now. And she taught at Harvard. And she taught in the Harvard Business School is where she developed this uh, this understanding and this research, but she um, she had a moment before her thesis uh, in at Princeton where she went to her mentor and said, "I can't do it. I can't." Her final was she had to give a talk in front of twenty people for twenty minutes, and she said, "I can't. They'll know I'm a phony. They'll know I'm a fake. They'll know I don't belong here." Okay. And uh, the power poses it are what got her to go through it taking it until she made it. We are so up. it's worth taking them to that. Yep. We're up against a break. Andrea, thank you for calling. We'll be right thank back. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. You're listening to Unity Online Radio. This programming is made possible through the generous donations of listeners like you. If you feel inspired by this programming, we invite you to contribute. Go to unityonlineradio.org and click on Donate to make your offering today. Thank you for your support. 
Here's a Unity Mindful Moment with Reverend Wendy Craig Purcell from Unity San Diego discussing change and transition. And as we begin to really identify the endings in our lives, to deal with them completely and wholly, to heal from them as we must, as we are willing to be in a time of not knowing, a time of uncertainty, but a time of trusting that there is a blueprint, there is a plan, there is a destiny. As we move successfully through these experiences, we will find that we are evolving and emerging into something new and different. And everyone and everything that has been happening in your life, both the things that are easy and good and pleasant, and those things that are challenging and painful and difficult, are drivers for your own evolution. To find a Unity Church near you, visit unity.org. Since 1924, Daily Word has offered inspiration and practical teachings through daily prayer messages to help people of all faiths live happy, healthy lives. The magazine includes two months of daily affirmations, messages, articles, and spiritual poetry to help you get inspired. Subscriptions are available for print editions in large type and Spanish, as well as the digital subscription package that includes the online magazine with audio, smartphone app, and daily email. Get your subscription today. Visit dailyword.com or unity.org. Here's a Unity Mindful Moment. The ancient Chinese philosopher known as Lao Tzu brings us into the present moment with this quote. Do you have the patience to wait until your mud settles and the water is clear? Can you remain unmoving till the right action arises by itself? The master doesn't seek fulfillment, but not seeking, not expecting, is fully present and can welcome all things. When you're feeling impatient, think about this passage and trust in the moment. If you could talk to an angel, what would you say? Join Jerry Gavin every Monday at 5 p.m. Central for Angelic Connection. Jerry shares messages from his guardian angel, Margaret, in combination with ancient healing practices to teach people how to listen to their spirit. Jerry can help you strengthen your connection to the angelic realm and receive clear messages of help and healing. Call in and join the show every Monday on Unity Online Radio. Call now with your question or comment. 816-251-3555. That's 816-251-3555. Thanks for joining us. Welcome back to Voices of Unity with Reverend Ellen Debenport. Hey, welcome back to Voices of Unity. I'm here with Reverend Ken Daigle. He is the minister at Unity of San Francisco but as he was telling us, right now he's in Nashville with his just-born adopted son who has a lot of medical issues going on. And so we've just been incorporating that into our conversation about the mind-body connection. If you'd like to join us, call in if you're listening live on August 28, 2018. The number is 816-251-3555. And, oh, the callers are lining up. So, Ken, you're still there, right? I am here. Let's just go to the callers. Let's go to the Let's callers. See what people have to think. This is Stephanie. Is this Steph- hello, Stephanie? Are you there? Hi. There you are. This is my sister. Oh, hi, I, Stephanie. I don't know how to do this. I'm so sorry. <laughs> hi, Stephanie. Hi. <laughs> well, welcome to Unity Online Radio. Thank you. 
happy to be here. So your little phone thing says Firm Foundation, which yeah, seems perfect for today. What is that? Yeah. Everybody needs to start on a firm foundation, that's for sure. Yeah. Stephanie's husband uh, has a company that builds housing foundations. Okay. <laughs> I figured it was either spiritual or a mattress firm or something. <laughs> so... so Stephanie, do you have a question for us about Joshua or about what we're talking about today? I know you have a lot of experience in your own life and your precious children with, with knowing the truth about them. Right. Well, I, um, I just wanted to give my support and just hear all the updates and how everything was going and let you know we're thinking about y'all constantly and praying for our new baby. Yeah. Well, Stephanie was at my ordination in New York City where uh, back in 2012. And uh, again, the power of, of thought and belief. Um, I remember, Stephanie, at the time, you had adopted your two beautiful children. And the doctors had told you that it wasn't possible to get pregnant. But that weekend, there in New York City, lo and behold, you happened to conceive your beautiful daughter, Hannah. And we are so blessed to have her. Uh, I remember Stephanie at the time. I love those stories. Your two beautiful children. And oh, okay. All right, Stephanie, I think we're echoing here. Happened to conceive your beautiful daughter. Okay. And we are so blessed. We may have to hang up on Stephanie. <laughs> Sorry. <Okay. laughs> Thanks for calling if you're still listening, Stephanie. Uh, we have another caller. It says your name is Bill. Hi, Ellen. Hi, Ken. This is Bill. Hi. Glad to talk Hi. to both of you. And uh, I had a question today about uh, the idea of the mind-body connection. I think we, you know, can really connect with that idea of our thoughts and our feelings and how they end up showing up. Like our body is a barometer of what's going on in our mind the way I, I interpret it. But I wanted to ask if you had any advice for people when uh, they're in a fearful state. Because when you're in the fearful state and the emotions are running high and you're running a story in your mind, um, what are some techniques related to the mind-body connection to kind of interrupt that train of thought? Well, that's a great question, Bill, because I always don't like to tell people you shouldn't feel what you're feeling. Of course, they're going to feel what they're feeling, and telling someone not to be scared does absolutely no good. You are feeling that. But what's great about this research and understanding how your body affects it, usually when we're in fear, when we're, in, when we're scared, we retreat and protect. And so that's that low power position. So if you can consciously use your brain to, <laughs> to choose to expand, to be the silverback gorilla in that moment and be in the power pose thumping your chest, either literally or figuratively, but being at full wingspan, if you want to talk about it spiritually, enables you to change the chemistry of your brain and then the reality that you face. Because when you start to do just in two minutes, in two minutes of shifting how you're sitting or standing, you can 
affect the very molecules of your brain and how they will fire. And when that happens, other possibilities open up. Because when we're in fear, we're projecting our fear out into the future and we see how bad it's gonna be and that only creates more fear. But when the cortisol mm -hmm. level goes down and the testosterone goes up, we open the possibilities to see things in another way. And then the brain, the hemispheres of the brain start to talk to each other and we can actually see that that's not an enemy, that's just another me out there. That's just a reflection of God, another beautiful expression of God out there. Uh, and that there's nothing to fear. There is only this moment. And I've been, I'm here to tell you, Bill, because I've been experiencing it this week. I have been having to stand there in front of my boy and just open myself and see and breathe and walk through it and just hold on for two minutes. Just hold on for two minutes till I can see that this is perfect. This is perfect. Mm. This is as it's supposed to be. You know? mm. So that's how I use well, it. I don't know if that helps you. It does. Well, thank you. And thank you for walking your talk and um, loving the show. Thanks for calling, Bill. Okay. You guys have a great day. Bye-bye. Bye. Yeah, Ken, I would think that you do some of that before you go in the room. Get in that frame of mind where you know it's perfect. So you don't, you said you don't want to carry the stress to Joshua. Yeah, well, amazing watching all the, I do it, but I also watch all the nurses and the doctors and the staff. They are so wonderful in just remaining calm. And imagine doing this. No, I'm watching this going, this is what they do day in, day out, baby after baby after baby. Like I told you, 90-something babies on the floor with me. And it's like they go from room to room, and they're doing their routine. And it becomes uh, that this is their process, that they're, they're less effective, they know, if they let the stress get them. And so they have somehow learned or incorporated a technique that allows them to do their work without it wearing down. Like you were saying, the cortisol is what ages you, which stresses you, which causes you to, the body to break down. But theirs mm -hmm. is, they're amazing. I'm uplifted by them every day. One of them, when I was crying in the room one day, I was just talking to a nurse and she was, I was crying. Uh, as I was asking questions, and she said, no, no, you don't have to worry. If, this is, if, if you needed to worry, I would let you know. Oh. It's like, it's like, oh, my God. Right? I was like, no, this is what, isn't what this is. And I just, so you then I knew I was projecting in my brain. I had gone over to fear. Mm -hmm. And so I was able to recenter myself with that awareness. And so there are there are angels of understanding and awareness and deeper spirituality in the lay people, the doctors, the nurses, the staff at the hospital, than all of us ministers stacked up on a roof sometimes, <laughs> Ellen. <laughs> you know, and that's the amazing, that's the gift, that's the grace, yeah. you know, of the universe. And the couple of friends I've had who've been medical professionals, one was a hospital chaplain. 
and I guess one was a doctor. So I asked them, how do you do this without getting so depressed or fearful? And I said to one, the human body is so fragile. And the hospital chaplain said, oh, but I've seen so many miracle healings. And the doctor said, oh, but I know everything we can do for them. So I'm amazed at how they stay in that frame of mind and grateful that they do. Yeah, yeah. That's been with Joshua. So the journey this week is like, they were like, okay, so this is going to happen. Then we'll take him off the ventilator and this will happen. And And that didn't, they did all that and Mm -hmm. he didn't respond well. He wasn't ready. That wasn't his timetable. It was the the doctors immediately adjusted and did him back. I saw myself start to worry and realized, oh, so that's just something that everybody made up going, well, this is the way we should do it. This is what's done before. And Joshua's timetable isn't ours, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah. Joshua's not here for my one. I want to get home to San Francisco, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> That's not his agenda, nor should it be. And he was born so, three weeks early, so clearly he's on his own timetable. Clearly. And that's when you have to laugh, too. I had so many different schedules. I had uh, when he was going to be born, da, da, da. we had <laughs> wor- worked out all the, the guest speakers and everything. And then he was going to be induced early and we changed it all and rearranged everything. And then he came a week earlier than that. Da, da, da. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, this is fun. Yeah. <laughs> we have another caller waiting. I believe this is Juan. Are you there? I'm here, Ellen. Hi. Ken, how are you guys? Hi, Juan. How are you? I'm good, Ken. I just uh, first off want to thank you for your friendship and your inspiration. Um, just so grateful for you and what you share, not only uh, with the listeners, uh, but with all those around you and through your prosperity program, Absolute Abundance, and just um, the ways in which you are modeling uh, what we teach. And I just want to also let you know that I feel so blessed to have already been blessed by Joshua and his story and how um, his strength and his power is inspiring and influencing so many um, already. So um, thank you for that. Oh, thank and, you. Um, for those of want... you who don't know, this is Juan Tejero, and he is the associate minister at Unity on the Bay. In Miami. So, oh, you Miami, had yeah. me. <laughs> Well, and also a just, father uh, of an adopted boy, and yes. also uber great guy. Okay, well, good you. to know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I'm just really um, grateful for having called in. You know, I was I was actually meeting with somebody earlier this morning about the adoption process because I'm I support people in um, just getting more connected to it, and uh, I was just sharing with them how I was just so grateful this morning. Uh, that when my son started acting up or behaving in a way that I wasn't really ready to um, uh, to be with, that I actually walked away, you know, and uh, took a few breaths. And this conversation just made me realize how much of sometimes parenting and how we think we have to parent and the responsibility of quote-unquote parenting right um, – can actually be very closing and how much I get into those closed positions and how much of it 
in my mind is about, okay, how am I going to respond when my son doesn't behave a certain way or when this doesn't happen? And uh, I've used power poses and at work. I've used power poses in our community and teaching, um, but I've never used it before having a conversation with my son, before stepping into uh, the difficult terrain of parenting. And um, it's just made me really aware of what a gift it can be for myself and my son for me to get into a power pose before my morning routine or before the evening routine so that I can be more open, more expansive, and um, be in my own power when sometimes, you know, you feel so power powerless as a parent. Yeah, there's nothing like a three-year-old or a five-year-old to make you feel powerless, right? <laughs> oh, come on. Roma is such a cute little girl. How could she? Oh, but 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 Ellen, but you have to you have to be there, and Juan, you'll appreciate this too. There are moments when when Roma will look at me and go, "Why are you mad?" <laughs> oh my God, she so clocks me on on everything. And when I've like lost it, and I'm like got that tone in my voice, and she goes, "Why are you mad?" Aww. And I'm like, oh. And so yeah, I have and, to recenter and, and yes, be my whole self, not mm-hmm. just the agenda timeline self. So that's great one. I hadn't thought of doing it with Roma, but it makes a great, great deal of sense. It's not about I dominance really, over yeah, it's about. I, I really think that there's something to yeah. um, doing it for as a parenting skill. You know, I have some issues, um, behavioral issues that we're working through with uh, our son. And I am realizing that. Um, I'm going into certain situations already feeling defeated or that I'm not going to parent well. Um, Mm. And I think that a lot of parents go through some of those feelings um, throughout their uh, parenting life. (laughs) And so to be able to step more fully into our power um, and remind ourselves of that strength. And as you said, make the change in our brain chemistry so that we are making wiser choices uh, with our children. I think it's really powerful, and I I can't believe nobody has thought to this moment to add it to a parenting skills workshop. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, and it could be just playing with your kids when they're playing superheroes. (laughs) It's like, okay, let's play superheroes together. But it is a great parenting skill. Uh, Thank you. I'm going to apply it, too. Well, thank you both. Thanks for calling, Juan. And lots of love to everyone. Thank you, Juan. Um, Ellen, that's so fascinating, too, because one of the things that Juan just said there was like so clicked off my brain. So I already know I'm going to do poorly when I go into the interaction with my kid, right? Mm -hmm. But how many of us do that at work? How many of us do it in moments when we're having a difficult conversation with a partner or spouse? And that's the moment to either mentally or actually physically be in our power pose for two minutes. Again, it's that two-minute meditation to change how your body actually functions, to align yourself with spirit. I love doing power poses in prayer. In my prayer, oh. I'm doing the power pose. So if they're not separate, I'm doing spending two minutes in prayer, why not spend it in a power pose prayer? And that's how I teach it in absolute abundance too. It's like, so if you're praying anyway, 
how are you doing? If you're meditating anyway, you can be in a chair and meditate in a power pose rather than a closed pose. Or so. if you want a power pose, that's something to do while you're posing. Just yeah. breathe and pray and meditate. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Combine the two. I'm I'm fascinated by what you said a while ago about the brain doesn't know the difference in whether it's real or imagined. You said the woman in the wheelchair could just imagine herself in a power pose, and it worked for her. That's, it seems to me that is key to understanding not only the brain, but a lot of our spiritual practices. That's why we visualize to, to picture things the way we want them to be. It's, don't you think that's part of it? Yeah, absolutely. It's like, well, we have this um, misconception that we're seeing with our eyes. Mm-hmm. We're actually seeing with our brains, right? So if you know how it actually works, all your eyes do are taking in lights, a light which reflects on the back and it registers on little receptors in the back of your eye and it goes up to your brain and that's where you understand and learn how to make things different. And then as we talked about last week, then there's two sections of the brain. So in one section of your brain, you're seeing all this light and this image and this beauty. And in the other side of your brain, you may be seeing it as danger and fear. (laughs) And it's like, ah, so which side of the brain is right? And which side are we going to listen to? And we have millions and millions of years of history that wants to keep us alive. So that left side of the brain is telling us danger, Will Robinson, danger. (laughs) And we're running for the hills. So we're, when we close our eyes and engage those same cells, neural pathways of our brain, with our eyes closed, we can pull up the same images from both sides of the brain and reprogram and imagine a different outcome and build the new neural pathways. So that's why imaging is so important to unity and to real spiritual practice is to seeing that God is there. Even when we can't know it in our physical body, that we are really actively creating it, actively knowing that this is the manifestation of the divine in my life. And uh, and if we know it, in our heart and in our minds, it will be in our physical reality. And you're getting lots of practice right now. <laughs> I'm in the advanced course, I guess. You are. You know, yeah. I, I asked for this. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> we have another caller. Let me get her. This is Elizabeth. Are you there? Yes. Hi. Hi. This is uh, Elizabeth Mora from Montclair, New Jersey. And Hi, I'm Elizabeth. Like... It's good Hi. to hear your voice. We haven't talked in weeks. I know. I wanted, uh, wondered if you would address spiritual bypass. I love mm. poses and I do them, and, and this is just one of many great techniques, you know, or tools that we have, denials and affirmations and tapping and meditation. And um, is there a, a danger, or how do we make sure that we are not doing a spiritual bypass of stuff that we need to process? That's a great question. And so 
Is there a, um, a particular, I mean, I could apply it, Joshua, I could apply it to so many things, but I just want to ask, is there a, a particular area uh, where you notice it happens in your life or people you're interacting with more? Uh, sure. I mean, in, I would say around grieving, you know, either losing a job or losing a relationship. Um, no, it's okay. I'm fine. You know, the famous, I'm fine. And um, because as, as new thought practitioners, you know, we know at the end, we know what, it, what it's really all about. You know, we know that it's all good. We know that it's coming from our thoughts. And yet the relative experience, sometimes, you know, we need to speak up to someone or we need to take an action. And if we're too quick to go to, um, well, let me just do a power pose and it'll be okay. Ah, gotcha. Okay, I want to be really clear about that then. Thanks. That's a great question, right? Um, uh, Ellen, I think I think I think I need to give a definition of spiritual bypassing. Yes. So let me, yeah, spiritual bypassing as I would describe it and understand it is pretending to be more spiritually advanced than you actually are. <laughs> <laughs> right? I would love to be an enlightened master. You know, Ellen, I might say that you are, but huh. you know, you've been honest with me about some of your it's, own. So you know better. Um, yeah. 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 You know, we all, it, it, the honesty is I have moments where I fall far short and I have people I trust that I can go to and say, I can't hold this or see this right now. Mm -hmm. Would you hold it or see it with me? I have those people I can go to. And, uh, and I think we all have to, it is not to deny our feelings. The spiritual practice is not to deny our feelings because unity's basic principle is that there's only one power, right? There's only one and all of it is God. So if we're pushing aside grieving and saying, that's not right, grieving over a, a loss of a death or a job or situation, we're saying that somehow that's not God. There is something in that that is there, that is part of your experience. There is something in what I'm going through right now with Joshua that is for me and for him. And unless I feel it all, and accept it all, you don't really get the benefit of it. If I deny that I'm scared, I don't get the benefit of learning how to walk through that fear. <laughs> I, I just walk mm -hmm. around it, and that's why it's a great term, bypassing. I walk through, around the situation rather than through it. The best way to overcome something is to go through it. So the antithesis of spiritual bypassing is to be in a power pose, to feel what you're feeling, and to walk through it courageously. And uh, again, Brene Brown, another favorite of mine, uh, talks about courage is wholehearted, wholehearted. The grief, the fear, the love, the joy, all operating simultaneously in our lives. How's that working for you in your life right now, Elizabeth? That's great. Thank you. Yes, walking. I like that, that you can still use the power pose to help you walk through it. I think that's great. Instead of deny it, 
um, I'm using this to walk through this pain or this anger. Um, and I think depending on the situation or where you're at, there may be other things like journaling and things you do. This is one, mm-hmm. one tool, and I do think it's helpful with anything that we're doing uh, just, you know, to be mindful of MI, because I think in unity for a while or in the positive movement, um, there was some spiritual bypassing. And yes. now we're aware of it and, and just to, to be aware that we're not falling into that. Yeah. Elizabeth, thanks for calling. We're just about out of time. But, yeah, Ken, I am grateful that you are not saying, well, God's in this situation, so everything's okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, there is that part of it, yes. But there's more to it than that, and I think yeah. we're here for the whole human experience. Yeah. I'm. There's no other way, because I think sometimes we do need to grieve. I know I do. I need to just cry. There's yeah. our music. We're already done. Thank you so wow. much for being here. And Ken will be back next week. We'll continue this series on science and spirituality with the Voices of Unity. Thank you for listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Hello, I'm Dr. Stephen Farber, and I'm an author, teacher, psychotherapist, and shamanic practitioner. On my podcast, Healing for Your Soul, I welcome some amazing guests and introduce you to some healing techniques like earth magic, working with nature and animals, and really getting to the heart of what is keeping you stuck. I want to help you deepen your spirituality and let go of blocks that are holding you back. Let me help you in this journey called life. Part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Subscribe and follow wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss an episode.